My mission is to position brands and to facilitate earning opportunities by helping them identify and strategically communicate their what, their who, and their why. I make sure you understand the play. Here's your assist. Understanding the play with Demetrius L. Brown, a.k.a. the business point guard. How's everybody doing today? That's right, it's me, Demetrius L. Brown, a.k.a. the business point guard. I want to thank you for joining me this lovely Wednesday afternoon. The weather is good here in North Carolina. I wonder, what's the weather like where you are? Hopefully it's pretty, it's sunny. If it's raining, but that's all right. You know, you still do what you do. Rain, sleet, whatever, that don't stop us from doing what we do. Hey, this is Understanding the Play. And again, you know and I know my passion is making sure that you have the tools and the resources you need getting to your defined level of success. And on the show, Understanding the Play, I'm bringing great people in. I'm talking about great topics that's going to help you get to that next level. And guess what? I want to thank everybody for sharing the show. Man, the show is doing well on all platforms. Thank you for sharing it. And I want to thank you for telling your friends, your family about the show. Continue to share, continue to share this show because we're only going to get greater. The show is only going to get bigger and better because guess what? A lot of people out there are struggling and a lot of people just need that extra push to get to that next level of where they are. And that's why I go by the business point guard. And what I do is I give you an assist. That's right. I give you an assist so that you can score. You can get to that next level of success that you can create generational wealth. And again, as I always say, generational wealth and being successful is not being a millionaire, a billionaire. It's you finding your defined level of success, you understanding your purpose, you operating in your purpose and you getting there. You get into where you define your level of success. But today, man, we have a great show. I have my buddy. I have a friend, Coach Gene Austin from Houston. We are going to talk about being bankable. Yes, being bankable. I don't care if you have a business or not. You have to be able to be bankable. If you're trying to get a house, you're trying to get a car, you're trying to get something financed, you got to be bankable. If you're a business, you definitely got to be bankable. But I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, I'm going to have Gene Austin on with me. So go tell a friend, go tell a family member, hey, the business point God is here, and it is understanding the play. Hey, are you following me on social media? You're not? Oh, no. You're missing out on a lot of info. Hey, check this out. Follow me on all social medias. Instagram, The Business Point God. YouTube, The Business Point God. And Facebook, Demetrius L. Brown, SOG. Make sure you're following me. You're listening to Understanding the Play with Demetrius L. Brown, a.k.a. The Business Point Guard. 
How's everybody doing? Thank you for joining me here on Understanding the Play. And we are back. I told you we had a jam-packed show. We had somebody great on today who's going to help you reach your defined level of success, help you operate in your belief, help you in defining your purpose. And again, you know, I'm big on purpose because you can't believe in something if you don't know your purpose. And I know a lot of y'all want to do business. A lot of y'all want to do things out here. And I have coach Gene Austin, CEO of Austin business strategies, LLC. How you doing today, man? I'm good, doc. I'm good. How you doing? How you doing? I am doing great, man. It's an honor to have you on. I, I see you out here doing big things, big places, but the most important thing is that you're trying to help your people, man. Got to, man. I gotta, gotta take care of my people, man. I, I can't have this level of success, thank God, honestly, without coming back and take care of mine. Because I didn't make it by myself. There, there's no self-made anything. So for those who help me get to where I'm at, I gotta go re- back and reach back for our people, man. Gotta build our communities up. That's good. See, he understand the play because there's a lot of people out there. They get help, then they'll turn around. Man, I did this on my own, man. No, you didn't. <laughs> no one did nothing on their own. I don't care if you didn't have somebody standing beside you, but somebody had to say yes to something <laughs> that you did. Somebody had to say yes. So, again, you, you didn't do nothing on your own, and I'm glad that, you know, we, you recognize that, man. You'd be like, okay, I got to give back. So that, that that's great right there. So, now, tell people a little bit about Coach Gene Austin, why is Coach Gene Austin taking time to give back to the community when he don't even have to? I mean, to be honest with you, almost I would almost flip that, right? So, you know, being from Louisiana, you know, Coach John Austin, John, you know, from a little kid up. And I see where in the marketplace, who's the hardest working, most underserved, our women and our veterans. So if I'm a businessman, who's going to be my target audience? Our women and our veterans, as far as the target audience. And for me, starting out in real estate since I was a kid, you know, um, coming out to Houston, working in the, in, the, in the Houston Medical Center, ultimately being a cancer research coordinator, flipping houses part-time, got laid off from that position, got into real estate full-time and moving in, into that space, did a massive project around 08, 09, 2010, uh, about $1.2 recorded project at that time, exited that and got into the consulting space. I looked around, I didn't see a whole lot of me at all, my whole career. So it's like my colleagues look like me, people in the business space look like me, but in these rooms that I'm in, I don't see a lot of us here. So how can I pull us in? Where's Who's the gatekeeper? No, better yet, who's knocking off the hinges of the doors so we can walk through? There's a lot of gatekeepers, and I didn't want to be one of those gatekeepers. I want to be one of those gate gate entry people. Say, hey, come through this door. This is what I've been doing. Come through this door. And, and, and this is how the business world works for so many other cultures. Well, let's make it work for ours. You know? So that that's why I do what I do, because I don't see too many doors being opened by others. Let me let me be the one to open doors for us. That's good. That's good. Because honestly, I don't know have if you ever encountered someone, they get there. They're the only one in the room. So now they feel like, okay, I'm the gatekeeper and you're gonna make you're gonna have to flip and and do this and do that to get in this door that I'm in. And I, I've I've encountered those type of people, man, and I hate those kind of people. 
And so, again, you know, I, I, that's, that's a good thing that you recognize that. And, okay, hey, I'm going to bring people in that look like me. But I want to back up. You, you, you talked about something. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're from Louisiana. You grew up in Louisiana. Yep. Now your, your, your grandparents started business. How, how did that affect you seeing your grandparents being entrepreneurs, having successful businesses? Did, did, is that what made you want to go into entrepreneurship? You know, it's funny. I didn't know it was called entrepreneurship until I moved to Houston. I just thought it was work. I just knew it was work, right? Because either you work for somebody or, you know, on my mom's side, it was all agricultural farming. So I knew everything from picking cotton, shucking corn, you know, sugar cane, cattle, the whole bit. That was their life. So they had to farm and everything off that farm created a lifestyle for them. And on my dad's side, it was always commercial construction, residential construction. Concrete was a, was and still is to this day a, a major part of, of, of the family business. So I didn't know it was entrepreneurship. I know my mom went corporate per se when she became a nurse and went healthcare, but everything else was okay. Either you're going to have a business, work for yourself, provide for yourself, or you'll tap into a career field and work with the company somewhere. So I never knew it was called entrepreneurship until I moved to Houston, probably around 2008, nine, maybe. I said, like, what's this entrepreneurship thing? So I didn't know. I just knew it was, you, you need to master a field, be really good at what you do and demand a percentage of that marketplace. And only way you get that done is, being really a dog about what you do, you know, and taking care of your customer base, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, man, it's, it's still to this day. I kind of laugh at that, you know, <laughs> man. And, and, and I tell people the South North, wherever you from is kind of different, you know, up North, they have a hustle mentality. You know, we're going to figure how we're going to hustle down South. Okay. We're going to, we're going to learn a skill. We're going to learn a trade and we are going to master that. And that's what we're going to do and stick with. And again, a lot of businesses um, from the South, I mean, a lot of successful businesses that's still thriving right now. Cause you look at most of our banks, most of our insurance companies, you know, they, they started from there. So, but nah, that, that, that's, that's good. So let me, now did your, did your parents say, no, I don't need you doing this. You need to go to school, go get a good job because I don't want you doing what I'm doing. Did, did you go through that? Oh, man, did I? Um, I wanted to go to certain colleges, honestly, because I just wanted to. You saw the Cosby show and shows like that that, <laughs> that, that that generation was raised on. So it's like, okay, what happens after high school? Like, what route are you going to take? And my dad was like, you either going to military, you're going to work for the family, or you're going to get a degree or, or a career somewhere because you're not staying home. And not like that was ever an option to stay home because I was ready to get the heck out of Dodge anyway. But it, it was more or less, you know, go get this career, go get this job. My mom said, go be a doctor. She, to this day, would be like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. But she wanted me to be a physician because she was in healthcare, So she gotcha. didn't work with, want me to work as hard as they did, as, as far as both families did. It's like, look, you work your whole life in this heat. Go get a nice career. Good job. And I didn't see a problem with that because I liked what college gave me. But man, I, I was definitely raised on that especially going through high school, college, 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 career, career, job, 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 was was really pushed down on me pretty hard. So now you went to college, you got a job in oncology, oncology um, at the hospital, but now that that was going, you're probably excited, man, I, I'm making some money, I got a job, but then you got laid off. But what went through your mind then? What I mean, I know you. I was reading, you went through depression, but what 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 triggered that depression and what was going through your mind when you got laid off from that job? I mean, everything with at that point had the white coat, 
you know, double six-figure salary and flipping houses part-time. So life was good. I mean, I was straight. Couldn't ask for better. I figured God really blessed me with all this. And the day it happened, I'm sitting at my desk like, I can't come back here. That check, and I wasn't as bankable. I wasn't, I didn't really get into the budgeting and saving. We are just living and enjoying life, right? And I just had a baby girl. So Maddie was probably a couple of years old, maybe two or three. And I'm like, my, what am I going to do? Like, what, what is going to happen? I have nothing as a plan B, nothing to fall back on necessarily. The, the career is fairly new. So, yeah, a, a depression hit. Because how do I go home and say, okay, I'm not providing anymore? And as a man, how I was raised, if a man's not providing, then you're not a man no more. You know mm. what I'm saying? So how do I pick? How do I? What is What comes out of that? So it was a mass of my depression for a hot week. I left going like I was going to work. And I just went out. I was trying to hustle. Like, how do I make some money? How do I build this? How do I do that? And one, it was a Friday afternoon. I was like, okay, I know real estate. I know it well. I'm flipping houses already part-time. Let's turn this thing up. That's what I know how to do. And I can make money on that right now. Let's go. And it didn't dawn on me like, bro, you should have been doing that. So <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what that week was like. That was a hell of a week, too. That, that that paycheck though, man, have us blind. You know, I don't care what nobody Ooh. say. When we first, when we in the job and we making some good money, that thing could blind us. <laughs> it could, and sometimes it take that layoff because you know I was in radio corporate for sixteen years. That that one day I I was just moving up good, and I was in the corporate part. I got laid off. I was happy. I was happy because okay, now I can focus on my business. But then it kicked in. Hold on, I got no more checks coming in. Because, <laughs> you know, the separation package, everybody think that's good, but that don't last long, <laughs> you know. But now you you had a business at the same time. What what stopped you from saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to work this business hard and work my job hard? Was it that you were making good money with the job? What why did it take for you to get laid off to say, okay, I have a gold mine here. I should have been doing this from day one. I really thought the job would have turned into a really long lasting career. Cause I've seen a lot of people around me and I was the only person in that department that didn't have a PhD that wasn't a physician of some sort. So it was, it was a blessing for, for them to take my background as far as the education I had and what I offered to allow me to even be in that position. Right. So I really saw the sky was the limit. I mean, being where I was at, at Baylor, at Methodist Hospital, you know, where that was going and what they were allowing me to be in control over. I didn't see me going nowhere. I really saw myself retiring at that point because people don't just get let go. But yeah. the bureaucracy of it all, they they end up letting the whole department go as far as research. And they're running a lot of foreign doctors, pay them half our salaries, probably even less than that, because there's a certain way a foreign doctor has to come to the U.S. and get their M.D. So they use that to their advantage and the suits made a pretty interesting budget move, saved themselves a lot of money and brought in other doctors who were just as intelligent as us, if not more. And I didn't see why I needed to because the flipping houses thing was line out. You know, as we say in Louisiana, that was just extra money. And I was just slowly, you know, that there was no need for it. Right. So everything else was fine. I want to focus on being, again, really good in my department because the position I had as a, a research coordinator, I did all the research data and then put it on spreadsheets and delivered it to the physicians to show mm. what the outcomes were. So I was real big on data and numbers back then. You know what I'm saying? So, and, 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 I, and I had to be like so on point with my numbers because if you off by one, they know. And I'm advising them 
consulting in a way based on the data that they see coming in, based on the data that they see going out, because that data has to go to, if you see these commercials at the end of the, uh, a lot of the drug commercials, what the side effects are. Yes. That's a big part of what my job was. That data goes directly to the FDA, directly to the IRB, and they have to publish that. Right. Wow. So all that data gets shrunk into those little commercials that, that you see at the, at the end of the pharmaceutical commercials. Wow. So at that time, were you bankable? Were, were, were you able to say, I'm going to go to the bank, get a loan and blah, blah, blah? Got a mortgage, had a line of credit, had a credit card, but I wasn't even remotely thinking about being bankable at that time. Because I went to get a loan from the bank to help the business go. And it's like, no, nah, you, you don't have enough of X, Y, and Z. It's like, dang, I was doing good, but I didn't have enough in the bank. Didn't have my credit really together. Didn't have certain things lined up to where a, a, a bank would give me a bridge loan to really get the starter part of the business out the way. Because I was really operating on a lot of cash. Gotcha. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Understanding the Play. I'm Demetrius L. Brown, a.k.a. The Business Point Guard. I have Coach... Austin from C CEO of Austin Business Strategies LLC. And we're we're talking about life. We're we're talking about what got him to this point to where he is now. And one thing I believe we always we forget to reflect on life. We forget to reflect where we were, how we got to where we are. And that's how that's how we forget. Or we get into this place of, I can't help nobody else. They got to figure out themselves, you know. But if we reflect on life and where we came from, we won't feel like that. And I know we can't help everybody. We can't help everybody. But, hey, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into being bankable, what that means, being bankable. Hey, let's take a break, and I'll be right back. The soundtrack to your next levels here. The new single assist by the business point guard. Here's your assist. Your assist. Your assist. The business point guard. He, he gave me an assist. The business point guard. He, he gave me an assist. The song assist is motivation taken to the next level with tools that'll help you go from great to greater and a hype beat produced by Skaz Digger. Add the hottest motivational song on the planet, assist to your favorite playlist today. Go to businesspointguard.com and download the soundtrack to your next level. Yes, download the soundtrack to your next level. <laughs> Man, hey, we, now... Before before in the beginning, we was talking about being bankable and I need people to rethink what they mean being bankable is because most people think, oh, I, I'm if I'm starting a business, I, I, I have to be bankable. But no, if you're a regular person, don't even want to start a business. You're trying to get a house. You're trying to get a car. You're trying to get all these things. You need to be bankable because if you're not, guess what? You are one of those fish in the ponds that's going to hit with high interest rates, get hit with high interest rates, and they're going to kill your pocketbook. But, Coach, before we get into entrepreneurship, how important is it to regular people to understand what being bankable means? Let's break down the word bankable, right? Uh, the ability to bank, bank able. Am I able to bank? And what does banking mean? It's not just putting money into a checking account, savings account, and then pulling it, deposits and withdrawals. That's not bankable. Bankable means can I make X amount? I have 100% of my income. 
is that income going to a diversified portfolio for investments long term? Do I have a savings? Is my credit score something that a bank would allow me to have a credit card, a line of credit so that I can so I can build and spend responsibly and, and build that those credit facilities? Right. So that I can go into multiple facets of the bank and I'm able to do real banking as my money gets to a certain point. I'm, I'm looking to retire in maybe 10, 20 years. Can I take that money and get with a wealth advisor, a certified financial advisor, and let's start planning my future? All that and more is being bankable. Am I able to bank with the multiple products that the banks offer us? And if, if we see banking like that, and that's a large part of life, and understanding how much interest rates are charged to us when our credit and how the bank sees it, our spending habits aren't the best. So it's a very big eye on our character. We 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 need to see how the banks see us and how to be bankable and and, and actually work in those banking that having working within those banking criteria and being able to bank the way we need to be. That's a whole that's probably another show. That's to be honest. <laughs> I'm actually glad you asked that question because we gotta think about it that way as just regular people. Because at the end of the day, the children that we have are watching our habits and behaviors of how we handle the bank, how we talk about the bank and banking facilities and then and, and the criteria to even walk into a bank, let alone. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the whole thing, brother. And I love great question though, but it, we, that, that's a good question. We really need to think about it that way as regular people. Yeah. And, and that's, and because if you even got a home, you got a mortgage, you got, you got <laughs> that mortgage, you got a line of credit there. I mean, it's things that you have and, you know, I hear people talk about what well, grandpa put his money under the bank. I mean, under the mattress and things like that. That that was cool during that time. But even now, if you look at where the banking and the financial industry is going, we're hitting a digital market. And honestly, all that cash under the mattress one day, I'm not going to say now, but one day soon, it's just going to be some wallpaper, <laughs> you know. But again, you know, you said something key. You said your kids. How important is it for people to build generational wealth? And what does generational wealth speak to you? Generational wealth, when I hear it, it's uh, one generation upon another upon another. And we're building wealth first in the state of mind. I never use the word mindset because it's, it's set. You don't move. But a state of mind and the state of being, and if we're going to build anything, wealth anything generationally it starts with a foundation so what is your foundation for your family to go from grandmama's generation parents generation ours and the kids so if we look at that that's four so where's the foundation being built our grandparents our ancestors did a great job so when do we solidify the foundation and start to go vertical with it when I think mm. about it, that's exactly what I'm thinking. So I'm dealing with people and, and I'm consulting folks. That's good. That's who good. Are looking at others to do. Yeah. So where where are we taking it and solidifying it and telling the younger generation, yo, this is what we built. This is where this is at. Okay. Point guard. Here's the assist. Take the rock and go here with it. Because this is what we built and this is how we rocking over here. You may not have to take the business itself, but take the, the state of mind and being of this is your last name. This is where this is going. What role do you play in it? And it doesn't make the kids feel so stressed that they got to do a certain thing, but you got to build on what was already prepared for you. That's what I think about when I think about generational anything. That's good. And you, you said in a um, not a, a state of mind, but a, 
a state of well-being. Say, say that again, man. I, that, that was. Yeah. So we often hear mindset, mindset, mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think it's too gimmicky because if we really look at the root of the word, we don't play with words enough. Mindset means I'm set at a certain way that my mind is acting. Like how is my mind, my mental activity is set. It should be a state of being. If we really are going to be the melanated people that we are, right? We should always be flowing, always be flowing. So if I'm looking at generational wealth, it's a state of being. How am I being? How am I operating? If we, our ancestors did so much for us. So let's take what they've begun to build and create a foundation and that state of being should flow to our children. So for what I'm doing, I need to flow to them so that there's, there's a way of being their Their mental capacity should flow the same way. So it's not a mindset, but it's a state of being. It's a mental state of being. And it should be constantly growing and changing and developing over time. That's good, man. And, and, and I, I tell people this, we have to reevaluate and look at our foundation. And some of our foundations are, are not solid, but a lot of people, they feel like, well, if I start over again and rebuild a foundation, I'm going to lose out. But I tell people, no, man, kick that, man, tear that foundation up, repave that foundation, because honestly, you will gain more and you will gain more by rebuilding that foundation than continue to be on on this 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 um bad foundation and you continue to to lose how, how important is foundation to you man everything 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 is foundation from building a business to building a brand uh everything is foundation i like the point you made about it's okay to break up a foundation and start over because you're really not starting over from totally zero you've got the wisdom of what you what got you to this point I would hope that someone goes out and gets someone with more expertise to help you really refine that foundation. So when you rebuild it, it's better. And the year you may spend rebuilding it, if you didn't rebuild, it, you're going to spend five years trying to fix it anyway. <laughs> so instead of band-aiding and fixing and banding and fixing, just, 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 just wait. And while you're building it, you still could be looking forward and bringing in other things to help you. You're not going to be totally building a foundation every single day. But foundation is everything because without a solid foundation, you can't build nothing off of it. Because you go vertical so far, and that foundation is not solid enough, it's going to fall. Yes, and it fall quickly. And then, mm -hmm. then now you've got three, four years to pick up all of that mess and rebuild a foundation. That is what I've seen take most people out because it's daunting at that point. So foundation, if we built a better foundation, facts on this. If we built a better foundation, we see better hyper growth. Yes, because we think and if we planned and strategically set out, let me build this. And this is what I should see happening this year, next year, next year. We hit those hyper growths because we'd have a platform to bounce off of a lot stronger, a lot stronger. And, and you said something key, you know, once that we, we have a, a weak foundation and that building um, fall apart, the good things that we did do, it, it don't matter. Because it's going to be in that rubbish. You know, people don't remember the good things. They're going to remember that whole collapse, <laughs> the bad thing. <laughs> so, again, you know. I've had those. So, you had those? <laughs> man. Have, we, yeah, I've had those. Man. So, you know, you, you ever been riding down the road and the street had a hole in it? Then you come back, it's patched up. You're like, oh, man. Okay, they patched up the road. Then you keep coming back and start sinking, sinking. Then be like, 
wow, the only thing they did was pour something in there. They didn't, they didn't put no rebar in there, nothing to, to do it. So now we're going through the same problem. The city's spending more money, taxpayers' money, fixing that same hole. And that's how our life is, you know. And I tell people, we are the nature, especially people and business people, we, our business take the nature of us. <laughs> if, if we're not stable, our business is not going to be stable. If we don't have a solid foundation, our business is not going to have a solid foundation. But let's get into the entrepreneurship because, man, you are big on helping businesses grow. You're helping them go to that next level. What, what about helping other businesses? You know, because you can get all the money yourself for your business, man. You, you, you're a genius, man. You're, you're a smart dude, man. Um, then you and your wife, you know, you're doing some big things, man. So why not keep all the money for your business, man? Why help these other businesses out here? If people realize what their relationships, the money, the wealth that's in the relationships, the opportunities that they can bring you is like built-in marketing is built in anchors to your foundation. So I'm building a foundation, you know, Keisha and I, uh, my office manager, Kendra, Daria, Siobhan, Suzanne, our whole team, legal, compliance, all of it. It's getting stronger by the day. But that's it. So it's like I'm on an island by myself. Yeah. And we have to go out and get everything by ourselves. People say self-made or say doing it on your own, no, that's that's a lonely game. Entrepreneurship is lonely enough as it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but 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 if if I'm gonna really build a network, an infrastructure, I've got to do it with other people that will bring me their intellectual property, their shared experiences. We can share together, and now their network becomes mine, and theirs becomes mine, and theirs becomes theirs. Now we've got a web. Like right now, our web is so deep and so long. The opportunities I'm getting right now come directly from me helping other business and then someone hearing us or seeing what we're doing with them and what it's bringing in is a is a fish bigger than my fish line can really bring in on its own insane so the so the wealth is in the relationships that are built by what you do though so people have to see like oh i like that value he she brings me value oh yeah let's come over here because we can do something together and that that's where you can truly, if you want to talk generational wealth for entrepreneurship, that's where it starts. Now, Definitely starts there. That, that, that's, that's good, man. Because um, I teach a, um, for my church, I teach a podcast class. And the funny thing is, man, like there was they saying other groups had like two or five people in it. But I, my class kicked off with over 30 something people in it. And, okay. you know, breaking it down. Uh, from the business part of, and I told them from, we're not going to talk about the recording first. We're not going to talk about the platforms. Let's talk about the branding. You are a brand. You have a voice. You have a vision. And in my mind, sometimes we think, oh, man, people don't want to hear that. They want the, the good stuff. And I said, okay. Then, you know, people came back next week, next week, next week. I was like, wow, okay. My, my biggest thing is helping people communicate their brand, helping them communicate their vision. And I tell them in this class, your vision is the lifeline to somebody else. And we don't get that. You know, that's why I'm so big on people operating in their purpose. 
Figure out what your purpose is because a lot of people are working in businesses they shouldn't be in. They got businesses they shouldn't have. And a lot of people are serving and helping others who they shouldn't be helping. And they try to figure out, man, why am I not getting ahead? And it's because you don't understand your purpose. And, and again, you said some key. You got you have to understand your purpose to build that web because people don't get along with everybody. And if you don't understand your purpose, you're going to end up dropping the right people just because you don't feel a certain way or your emotion. So how many people you've worked with and you're working with that you might not get along today or you might not get along tomorrow, but you understand they're just emotions? I know I'm not the easiest to work with, period. I know I'm not. Uh, I'm a a bulldog in this space. Emotions really should be like that much of what you're doing. It's got to be strategic, tactical. You need to care about the people you deal with. So when it comes to emotions, I want to make certain that what I'm doing benefits the outcomes that you're desiring, period. And And if we can get that done, forget the feelings because at the end of the day people do care about how you treat them so be respectful cordial etc have a decorum about you but what they want is that result i can't get emotional about the result i need to get emotional about how i get that result to you so internally i gotta care so much but be so good at what i do that when you get the outcome well this is more than i expected ding got you we put emotions into business, especially man, we, emotions kill you before the business plan is even written because we <laughs> think too much with our hearts about, I want to save the whales and all that, man, leading whales alone. That is not what the marketplace is asking you for. And I think that's what we lose it at. We emotional about the wrong things. What does the marketplace want that you are tailor made to give it? Period. And we focus on that and get emotional about that approach. Okay, now we can talk. But we get emotional about too many of the wrong things. And and emotions in business cannot coexist. Not success anyway. Now that that's good. So how how many how many people you you have to not cut off from friendships or or relationships, but you'd be like, we just can't work together. <laughs> Has it been a lot or Man, <laughs> that's a heck of a question. Um <laughs> I'm going to say a lot because as you grow, you can't, you can't, nor should you want to, but, but, but we do. You're going to end up cutting people off. One, because they, they, they can't go with you the higher you go. It is, it is what it is. And what it takes you to go to that next level, they may not be in that season to rise with you because you're trying to get to a level where other people are at that need you to be there. So you and your team have to ride, but a lot of your dogs around you probably can't. Because they're not in that season with you. Because in a, in a one good way to know who they are, were they with you at 2, 3 in the morning? Were mm-hmm. they with you collaborating when you had to get them tuna sandwiches and, you know, hot dog just at the thirds and or you didn't sleep much? Were they with you in that struggle? Probably not. So, no, you, you can't take everybody with you, nor should you want to. And that's sometimes the hardest decision to make. Even people that have been with you for a ride, there's going to be a point where that detach happens and you got to look at it to where is it them? Is it me? Or is it that I'm just rising and it's not their season to come with me just yet. That's, That's a hard decision to make, man. It's a hard <laughs> one. Yeah, I, I, I know. And, but even that decisions, 
that, let's let's go back to the whole topic of being bankable. When you get to a certain point and you're asking for a certain amount of money, the banks actually look at your team, even VCs. If you're trying to get a venture capitalist, they look at your team and honestly, they can from the outside, they can see the weakness why, you know, you emotionally saying, OK, this is my boy, this is my homegirl or or this is my this is my wife or this is my daughter, you know. But we have to be able to separate the emotions from the business. And because we can't get no money emotionally. I, I know I couldn't. No, you know, so the whole importance of separating, man, is it's is a great thing. So right quick. Help the people, we're talking about being bankable, give me five key points, or if you got more, you know, you don't have to share more, five key mm-hmm. points that people need to know. Walking in tomorrow, they, after they listen to this show, five key points of, I need some money, I'm trying to get some, um, I need to be go to the bank, I need to get an investor. What's five things they need to do before they even think about walking into those doors to prepare themselves? Uh, first and foremost, get off of Instagram for your advice. And you may say, cool. So you on Instagram, well, go to LinkedIn and, and whatever you're following, make sure that the same message that's on Instagram is on LinkedIn, which was on TikTok is on LinkedIn because certain things you can't say on LinkedIn and get away with it. I'll say that because the facts and the data shows us that so many of us are getting our news from social media outlets. So I would rather you go to a, a site like LinkedIn that gets checked heavily. Number one, one, but number one B would be who is your business relationship manager? Find one or two or three, but one was that that person's job is to build relationships on the business front in the business banking space so that you have multiple bankers to talk to that can show you the underwriting that can talk to you about whatever it is you're doing. Does the marketplace want it? Number two, does the market want it? If you did what's called a market feasibility study before you wrote a business plan, before you even walked into a bank, talk to the business relationship manager who is going to ultimately walk you down which path is going to get you that money in the, in, in the different types of money, credit cards, lines of credit, bank loan, SBA, whatever, right? Who I need to talk to, but does the market even want it? Because are you too risky? Uh, 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 is it too old? Certain forms of trucking, watch it. It's, it was that 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 play was cool pre-COVID. It ain't cool now. So does the market want it? And when you <laughs> and then when you go to write that plan together, people say, "I don't need a business plan." Okay, keep thinking you don't need a business plan because from your business plan number three becomes your systems. From your systems become your standard operating procedures. From your SOPs become things that you when you start to delegate a task to a team member because we're going to grow. We got to hire people, right? The main things businesses and banks want to know who you're hiring. How are we going to increase that tax base? Right? So more people paying taxes into the system in a capitalist system has to happen. And the things that you're doing, Mr. CEO, Mrs. CEO, entrepreneur, when I start to divvy that out to my ta- to my staff, that system has to be there for them to de- for me to delegate and then run off with it and do better than I did with it. Taking those things and not be going to look at number four, which is really super important. I want us to get away from saying I'm a six, seven figure business. I don't care. Six figure this, seven figure that. Where's your break even? Mm. 
What's, what's that cash burn look like? How much cash are you running through monthly, quarterly, every year? All right, right. What's right above break even is profit. So what is your business net profit margin quarterly, annually? You want to be able to say those things to a banker to say, I need X amount of dollars to get me from where I'm at now. Number five, this is kind of to bring it on. I've done all of what I've said before. I need X amount of dollars to take me from zero to break even to profit to then scale. In your business plan, in your performance, in your profit and loss, in your cash flow statement, in your break even, and even ultimately to your valuation, what does your business actually value that? How much debt do you need to take on to drive revenue to get you to break even and beyond? That's all got to be thought out, written out. So when you sit with the banker, they can be on the other side of the table like, okay, I see it. They can take it and go do their own research and come back and say, okay, this is a profitable business model. I like what you laid out. They're not going to ask you any off the wall questions. It goes to another level of questioning. If we did more of that, we'd be way more bankable in a space where the banks can see lending you that money. And ultimately the two words that you want to make sure you're doing, uh, the bank will ask you, how are you going to debt service that loan? <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what all this is about. If I actually, yeah. if like we, we got a client here, startup business, black woman owned business. We just got her an SBA loan for $350,000 as a startup. But her business plan and her business model shows how she can debt service it. The marketplace wants it. Everything we laid out, they can't come back and say, oh, no, that's not right. No, no, because we know that data makes sense. Because when I first started, my first $50 million project, I had to put a certain percentage down. The bank told me I wasn't ready for the bank. Mm. And I walked out crying like a little baby, <laughs> but I had to walk back in the bank to say, okay, look, I know, I know my numbers, you tripping, but why am I not ready? And she's like, I'm glad you came back in here. And two hours later, I figured out what I didn't know to be bankable. And from that moment, 2008 ish until now, I've been killing it because I know what they want. I know what they want. And if we knew what they wanted, Talk about making the black and brown community more powerful. If everybody got bank ready in that, in, in that system right there, man, 18 months. Man. So, man, you you just dropped the, that's about, we got about four or five shows, man. <laughs> but but you, you just dropped, you dropped a lot there. And again, right. and in, in one of my audio books, who's controlling the conversations about your brand? I tell people a business plan is 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 needed. And then, now we got to get out of the mindset of we need a hundred page business plan like they used to back in the day. You know, it's not that. But you you have to have that plan so that you can have your business model in place. And but again, know which area you in because. I know I was going after some investors back in 2000, what was it, 2010. And, you know, I did the old business plan thing. They was like, I don't want this. I said, what do you mean? This is a business plan. I need for you to make it, make it, I need to see the picture, paint the picture for me. So I went back. So the last time he was like, man, put it in pictures, paint the pictures. We don't want to read all this. We're not, you, you got to know who you're presenting to. So, 
I took a 20 page plan, 20 pages, numbers and, 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 and showed it. And it was like, this is what we wanted to see right here. So understand what that business plan looked like to, you know, who you're presenting to and why you're presenting. But, you know, get out your mind. We need this big, thick business plan like, you know, it used to be back in the day. But um, coach, man, you, 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 you dropped some nuggets, man. We got to have you back on the show. But let the people know how they can get in touch with you. At the bottom, this is the new website that just dropped, bankready.ai. You know, tell people about that website and when they when they come there, what they what to expect. Yeah, man, bankready.ai, the new brand. We, we have a registered trademark brand called Bankready, uh, which is the engine behind Austin Business Strategies LLC, Austin Enterprises, etc. Bankready.ai. Y'all are used to the coachaustin.com. We migrate everything over. So you'll see a new, fresh version of what you've seen us do in the streets. And now we have it inside that website. And, and AI does mean artificial intelligence. So we have AI built into everything we do. We have been doing AI for about three and a half years. So it's nothing new to us, per se. It's, it's retail now. So we use AI in a lot of our business models. But booking that consultation, getting one-on-one -on -one with me, I think would be the first step. Uh, you'll see the different coaching packages and business development packages that we offer to the marketplace. But I would tell people, take your time, go through it, see what we got going on in there, see what the different tabs are offering. And then but, but book your consultation, go over to my LinkedIn page, go over to IG and you'll see what we're talking about in the different platform. But it all will bring you back to how to take your business and make it bank ready, bankable for the marketplace and bankable for these financial institutions building capacity in those spaces we're that's our sweet spot and and i can't mention too many names but you mentioned venture capital we're talking to those folks now and, and we're talking to a lot of the banks right now who want to partner with us in that space because they see where we're going with this thing so definitely tap into bankready.ai man got to get back in here to do another version man because we, <laughs> we got to go around two pretty soon yeah man yeah we we got to and again you know Take take the nuggets and take the tools that Coach Austin he provided for you today, and it just just sit down and marinate on those for a minute. You ain't got to rush to do anything. As we talked about a previous show, timing is everything, but you have to prepare. It's just like anything else. You have to prepare yourself, and you have to take the time to understand. I'm not saying you got to become a master of what you're doing before you execute, but you least have to know the basics before you execute. So go on this website. If you're on YouTube, it's at the bottom. It's www.bankready.ai. Don't put com. I know in our minds we used to put coms. It's .ai if you're listening to me on iHeart or any other platform. But again, and I want to leave you with this. Your purpose is your purpose. God created you for a reason. And you need to understand your purpose, why you are here. And then once you understand that now you find you define your level of success. Stop trying to be the next millionaire, billionaire. And I like what Coach Austin said. Stop saying I'm a seven figure, six figure. No, that, that's not what you are. You, you're just doing that to to hype yourself up, to 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 hype somebody else up. Let's be real. You know, if we understand our purpose, we understand what our defined level of success is. Again, we can be better off and we know how to help each other, where we can serve at, because he said something key, building a web. Ants, I love what ants do and I love what a spider do. 
you know, a spider build a web. Ants, they help each other. You know, everybody know their position. So again, understand your purpose, believe in something, find your define define your level of success to figure out who you should be working with, what you should be doing, and let's help build our communities up. Hey, I want to thank you for joining me, for understanding the play. Again, Coach Austin, information is at the bottom. Make sure you go to his site because I promise you, your business will never be the same. You will never be the same. Hey, I'm out of here. Peace.